I'm Corinne Goodburn. I'm Director General of the Chilled Food Association, which is a trade association representing food producers supplying the UK's about £13 billion retail market for chilled prepared foods. And I've, along the way, I've uh, helped set up our European Federation. I'm involved with all sorts of work internationally, including at United Nations level. And I set up our chilled education activities to try and inspire teachers to inspire students to come into the chill food sector because like my mum said people need to eat and they always need to eat so we've got 100 sites or so within the cfa producing more than about 15,000 foods different foods every day mm -hmm. and we have thousands of technical roles and several hundred de degree requiring roles, uh, vacancies at any one time. So we got lots of job opportunities. And the fact is, if you're in, if you're in food science and particularly chilled food in the UK, because it is world leading, then you can work anywhere in the world. Oh, fantastic. That's not a problem because people get brain drained away from the UK. <laughs> so you have to keep them topping up. That's right. Yeah. So how did you get into food in the first place? Well, I always, I've been interested in science from a young age. I was interested in how does life work on the sort of chemical level, you know, small question like that, um, to astronomy, which is one of my hobbies. Uh, I did science A-levels and I went and did biochemistry with genetic engineering or applied molecular biology at Manchester. Um, mm -hmm. That was really getting, trying to understand life. And then I, I thought, well, after three years of pipetting in, in a white coat in a lab doing that degree, I'd had enough of labs, but... Um, I was very interested in toxicology. Um, I am into food safety after all. And also food science was the other option. Because um, I, I wondered one day, how on earth do those beans get in that can and what's going on there? What's that all about? And that was when I was doing my finals at Manchester, actually. So it's quite late on. And uh, mum said, uh, you're killing yourself in the lab doing toxicology, do food science because people need to eat. <laughs> and she was right. And I've actually ended up combining the two with food safety in its broadest sense and a load of sustainability and other things I deal with too. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did so I did the biochemistry, genetic engineering and the food science MSc combo, the uh, last one at Leeds. Then um, I applied to work for Leatherhead Food Research. Um, and that was an information scientist role. Mm -hmm. My job there was dealing with technical inquiries from their members, which were food manufacturers and other parties in the supply chain. And that was great because I like quizzing. So people asking me questions all day. And I also ran a number of technical panels and committees for the industry and did a lot of public speaking, including broadcast media on hot food science and technology topics like food irradiation. While I was um, Alan Holmes, the director's right hand woman. And that was really great training as well. And I met a load of senior people in the industry because the senior people were turning up for these meetings. So after three years or so of that, I got a job at the Food and Drink Federation, which is like the umbrella trade association for the food manufacturing sector, or much of it. And that was to run seasoning and spice associations because uh, they were facing the end of um, one of their options for making spice and seasoning safe and they were looking at irradiation so i think that's why i've got that job but then when i sat down they said welcome we, we've got this chilled thing we're starting up so they were just forming it and i ended up being a section manager after about five years or four years or something i was a section manager there and i was responsible for 12 associations with my team mm -hmm. and then i went freelance and the cfa came with me as an independent organization and here i still am 
and I do consulting as well for food businesses, governments, research institutes, professional bodies, and I consult with other consultants. Um, but the big thing really with CFA is because it is just I love a lot of variety and challenge, so I get that every day. <laughs> and uh, over the yeah, over the time of established UK chilled sector best practice from farm to fork, really from good agricultural practice all the way to good manufacturing practice as well. And mm -hmm. I'm, I found myself in a position of being lead for a lot of uh, quite significant policy areas on the food manufacturing sector, not just on chilled, but on broader things like listeria, for example, and non-proteolytic clostridium botulinum. Biocides is a huge part of my work as well, as well as high risk ready to, that's ready to eat chilled food. And I'm active in the Global Food Safety Initiative and a member of their various working groups. And I'm also involved in Codex and the United Nations stuff as well. So it sort of progressed along the line and it, I just, just really great. I really enjoy it. There's a bit much of it at times, but um, it's, I wouldn't do anything different really. Yeah. I'm very lucky to do what I really enjoy. I didn't know I enjoyed it before I started doing it. I didn't know this job existed. And I think that's a big thing about the food sector. You don't know what jobs exist. You know, you have to find yeah. a way in, which was set up childeducation.org for people to have a look around. Yeah, because you're right. Because I mean, I remember when I graduated, I didn't realise the size of the, the food sector at all. I knew it was, it was big. But I just didn't realise that diversity and the range of different things you can do within like the food industry until... I dipped my toes in and started you know, a, a role within Newcastle and then spread further afield. Mm. So what, what would you say are your biggest challenges then within the, the role that you're doing at the moment? Uh, the workload doesn't get any less. And I'm, I'm, you have to keep juggling the, your ever-growing portfolio of issues and projects and, mm -hmm. and keep you know, forward momentum at the same time. So keeping all the balls in the air and moving forward without dropping any is about the biggest challenge. And I've got a couple of... Uh, bugbears my main one is I, I really like to sort out domestic fridge performance thank you very much so five degrees c max is commonplace not mm -hmm. the exception or, or minority um and i also the big thing is how do we get people to ensure that they consistently wash their hands and keep things clean which is another matter and people might be thinking about that a bit more with COVID, covid i suppose but on on top of all the common standard stuff that I have, I'm currently dealing with COVID-19 impacts on the industry. And the main thing there is to keep the industry producing foods and keep people protected. And that's from each other, not from the food, you know. So it's not a food, uh, foodborne illness or anything like that. But yeah. trying to keep the whole thing, the whole industry going and resolving bureaucratic issues at government level is what's occupying me as well as keeping on top of all the science. And telling members about it as well using whatsapp for that so we're very you know we're on the ball you running electronically for 25 years mm -hmm. so in there with email when we could well that's great yeah I, i'm looking just behind behind your your head at the moment and i can see uh, lots of different types of bacteria uh, with yeah. this, this yellow sign uh, uh, what's what's this for that's um, microtrumps. Uh, so I developed microtrumps. Can you see that? I don't know. Oh, yes, I can, uh, yeah. All right. So I developed microtrumps. God, it was 2012, something like that. Uh, and it's just a useful thing where we got these fun cartoons. We've got tattoos as well. If you're into tattoos, you can do your bug <laughs> tattoos, which were done by nanobugs um, in Nebraska. And Nancy, 
uh, runs that company. So Nancy Nanobugs <laughs> does the tattoos. And uh, so I put together these um, Microtramps cards and it's got the features of the organisms, where they're found and, and illnesses caused. Because remember, I'm into a bit of toxicology and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, the key parameters, single hurdles to grow. So killed by heating for what process? Minimum pH of growth, minimum water activity, etc. The technical data, and then I put dangerousness score. Twelve is max, so Clostridium botulinum is right there. And we've got two flavours of Clostridium botulinum in here. One's a psychotrophic one, mm -hmm. and one at the back. Well, card fourteen is uh, non-proteolytic, uh, so the mesophile. There's twenty of your favourite organisms in here, food-related. We've got some viruses in there, non-pathogenic as well, mm -hmm. and uh, I added a load of protozoa in the last edition. So we use that. It's nifty thing. Um, there are thousands out there, gone to schools, retail technologists, food industry, enforcement officers, and I'll be sending you some to college too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll use them with some of our students then. Uh, I'll, I'll have a game of those. Yes, and you can you can play who's growing in your fridge if you know what temperature your fridge is and you've got the minimum growth. Well, let's let's just hope some of the some of those are not growing in our fridges. <laughs> <laughs> So on, on a day-to-day -day basis then, and, and actually like ongoing, what kind of skills do you regularly use then with your job? Uh, well, everything. I mean, if you look at these Belbin personality uh, tests, mm -hmm. uh, I've, I have to be an initiator, coordinator, shaper, implementer, team worker, specialist, and complete a finisher. Wow. And on top of that, I've got uh, managing an organization I have six people we've always re worked remotely from each other they're around the country they're consultants who work with me mm -hmm. uh, so COVID has done nothing to our work pattern we are all diverse and working remotely so I've got an organization to manage which is a limited company as well so I've got to sort out the overall strategy membership benefits all the services we supply to the members dealing with all their inquiries etc keeping the team um, on track with um, their outputs and making sure it reflects what the, the association's positions are as well. Got to plan all these multiple projects for what people are up to. Um, and then on top of that, deal with instant management and resilience. So there's a lot of organization and management there. There's also leadership skills you need. Uh, did get an award for that for someone as well. So that's about vision, steer and drive and solving industry problems. I like solving problems. It frustrates me if I can't solve a problem. Um, and the members, members of the association, we have our committees and so on, but they are, they have their own jobs and they're very busy people. So they're quite reliant on CFA to get on with do CFA stuff. It's not like, say, some professional organisations I'm involved with, which say, okay, somebody's going to write the minutes and do the, this and that. No, it's all members that comes back to us, me at CFA and my colleagues. Also, communications, interpersonal skills, written word, spoken word, everything, all the social media, website, everything, and all the relationships at government level in the industry with trade, with the media, a lot of stuff there. I have to horizon scan. I'm just perpetually scanning everything for issues internationally that could come and hit in some sort of um, oblique way or head on. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, and then I have to keep on top of the politics of where policy will be going and understand it and understand how best to deal with it effectively. I have to deal with negotiation, legislation and policy development with, with the government and its agencies. And then of course there's all the specialist knowledge for, for my actual subject area. So all, the, all of those other things are things I need to do to make my and my team specialist knowledge 
um, usable in the most effective way. So it's so a lot going on, which is actually why I enjoy it. It's like I once said, it's like conducting an orchestra and playing all the instruments. Oh, yeah, not it sounds good as well. Band. It's not like <laughs> a one man band, but there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot to do. Yeah, so if you're speaking to, uh, you know, those that want to get into the food industry, you know, between like uh, uh, graduates and those that are moving into a university, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I would say think about chill. Think about it. Where does food come from? And I really hope that now with COVID going on at the moment and well, wherever the post-COVID world goes, that people actually start to appreciate food on, appearing on the shelves. It's not magic. It takes a lot of dedicated people who are really passionate about feeding the nation and the world. Um, so I'd say in your CV, uh, I've had CVs called CV.doc. And come on, personalise it. Give it your name and date it. And perhaps even the job title you're going for. And just really claim that CV as your own, just in the document name even. But the main thing is to set out your skills and, and how they would relate to the role and offer and the organisation in general. And you've got to convey your energy and passion and drive. And the big thing when you're starting out in particular is your willingness to learn and develop as well as seeing the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I, I'd really say that. And then the covering letter, I get quite a lot of things saying, and it says top right name and address. And it says, my name is, I think, that's, that's, you know, we're going beyond that. And we're professional people now. You're talking to professionals. It's obvious who your name is. So don't start with saying my name is. Um, the big thing is to research the organization, learn a bit about it. There's lots of information on LinkedIn and places. And yeah. um, find out the key people, the sector and the role in particular anything special about the company what's its usp and what can you offer and then summarize your cv in a few sentences and do convey the energy and passion that you should have and, yeah and then you know people will there are so many vacancies and not many people have thought about the food industry particularly for technical roles so you stand a good chance of being considered if you make you know a three-quarter decent cv and, and covering letter should get you in the door for an interview fantastic so is it still appropriate to do like a two-page cv or or is that gone of the days now or you know how long should a cv be do you think uh well mine goes on a bit because i've put my papers in but that's, that's a bit odd uh mind you i don't send it to anyone i have mm. people come to me ah yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so i think a two-pager is fine uh, of course, when you're starting out, you, you probably have some voluntary work and, and other things to build up your personal statements. Um, so that's more difficult. Um, yes, but make the most of what you've got. And anything that you do, extracurricular, voluntary work and the rest of it, any particular skills that are associated with that. And, and just think about the, as the interpersonal stuff as well, something that will demonstrate that you can get on with people, because this is all about people. It's about the food, yes, but it's, it's about the people because there's so many people involved from the farms onwards and everything has to work together for it to come out right at the end. So people-oriented skills as well as your technical. And that's, that's really core stuff. Oh, fantastic. Karen, it's been, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much. You know, it's, uh, you've led a fantastic industry career so far. You've, you've, you've worked in a lot of places and met a lot of people, a lot of interesting people. Uh, yes, I have. I'm very lucky, and there's great people in the industry who are happy to mentor and bring on the next generation. So the door is open, really. 
and I should just sort of introduce DNA and E. coli. <laughs> Very passionate about it still. <laughs> I can see that from the from the DNA and the E. coli, yes. Uh, <laughs> But uh, thank you very much for talking to us today. It's been really good. Uh, I'm sure this, the students and those that are listening to this will get uh, a lot of information out of what you've provided. Okay, you're welcome. And check out childeducation.org for career interviews, real people, starters, new, new graduates, placements, all the way up to group technical directors. Fantastic. So when I upload this to YouTube, I'll put a little link at the bottom so everybody mm. has access to go to it straight away. Okay, that's great. <laughs>